Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, locked and loaded. We are for another episode of The Conspiracy Farm. I'm, as always, your ever-faithful co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Wilson. And unfortunately, due to a myriad of technical difficulties, which we just could not work out for this episode, I am going to have to be flying solo with our guest today. Possibly, quite possibly, my co-host, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich, will be chiming in a bit later. But, man, we've got a jam-packed episode today, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today, I had the absolute fortune of speaking to a couple years ago on my show. It's me speaking to you. And I really wanted to get, obviously, Pat, you know, with uh, this conversation, man, this guy has has quite the incredible story uh, and is, you know, definitely turned things around in his life after unbeknownst to him uh, being a part of some serious CIA drug operations uh, doing 20 years in the pen and, and being a part of some pretty serious, nefarious business that was related to, you know, the influx of cocaine into this country, the Iran-Contra scandal, etc., Mr. Freeway Ricky Ross is joining us today. How are you today, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good, my man. I apologize for any of the uh, technical issues that we have had today, my man. But uh, it's good to finally catch up, man. How you been these uh, last couple years? I know you've been busy since we spoke last. Busy, busy. You know, the book is out. The documentary came out. And uh, we just, you know, we just been grinding, you know, trying to make the best of uh, the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah, the crack in the freeway, crack in the system is on Netflix right now, ladies and gentlemen. I, I highly suggest you check that out, man, because that's a I mean, it's a very powerful story, Rick. I mean, since we last talked, I hadn't seen that that uh, that documentary. And it, 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 just to kind of I know a lot of our listeners probably are very aware of who you are. I mean, a very tumultuous young life living in living in Texas, growing up kind of in Texas and then moving to Los Angeles. Touching down in Los Angeles during the Watts riots as a young kid, having that being one of the first impressions of Los Angeles. You know, you witness your mother murder your uncle, her brother. Man, a, a, quite a crazy life, dude. And then, you know, obviously in, the, in certain neighborhoods, you have very limited opportunities and you got yourself into the dope game. Linking up with a guy, Nicaraguan guy, Demila Bellandone. And, and it was just kind of a crazy thing you wound up getting yourself into, man. Looking back on it, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, the legacy that kind of you have left and are leaving with, with your past and the work you're doing now? Oh, man, it's, it's you know, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't take my life back for nothing in the world, you know. Um, to, to say the least, you know, it, it, it's been exciting, you know, and, and uh, a learning experience. You know, one of the things that I say is uh, – um, no regrets, only lessons. True, and I, I, I kind of try to have that mantra myself. Try not look at mistakes or anything like that as failures, but definitely as learning experiences. But you know, twenty years, man. That, that's I mean, that's a definitely a hefty, uh, hefty lesson to learn. Um, and, and looking back on that, man, I was I forget your your guy's name who you got sentenced with. What was his name? Rico. Uh, what was his name? The gentleman, Rico. Rico, Rico yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, in our last conversation, we spoke of, you know, just that week or two before when you guys got sentenced, Rico was at the hearing with John Deutsch, former CIA head, and you know, the whole neighborhood was just really was. Pu- putting him on blast. Like, dude, he was sitting there trying to deny this or that, or you know, if you have any evidence, just take it to your local police. I mean, it was absolutely absurd. 
And, of course, you had Michael Rupert stand up and just basically put the whole thing on blast, saying he was a part of many of drug operations. Um, you got the, you yeah. Got, you got a robot I, behind you right I didn't there? Get to see, uh, yeah, I'm I'm at, I'm at the ATM machine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Freeways cashing out. I'm almost finished, though. I'm no, almost finished. No, though. that's all right, man. Do your thing, baby. I know you're you're a busy guy. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I mean, being a part of all that, man. I mean, it's just it has to be really crazy. And looking back, what happened with Gary Webb? Uh, everyone knows who Gary Webb. Well, not everyone, but Gary Webb, the reporter for the San Jose Mercury News, who really blew this story up. And I found it crazy watching your documentary again. It reminded me how the pressure for him to retract. Remember when he that the whole thing was so huge, and then he had to like slowly start pulling the story in. Well, he didn't have to do it, but his newspaper did. They retracted. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. His, they the ones yeah. who, who came back and 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 detract, distracted, and then not only that, but they uh, they put him on fried Gary. You know, they put him in a job and. Uh, well, you know, they did the movie about him called Kill the Messenger. Yeah. I don't know if people went to see that. No, absolutely. But I did, and it was it was a pretty good piece. Uh, it was sad that, that nobody uh, really knew that it was coming out. Uh, but but I enjoyed seeing it, and, and, and I wish more people uh, would have saw it. And, and, and they could have even focused on more areas uh, about Gary that, that, that I knew about uh, that I thought was important because Gary had been – uh, doing some remarkable uh, things for uh, for for us as a people. Well, I mean, bringing bringing light to that situation of uh, you know the CIA's introduction. I mean, and, and again in your documentary, they you know a couple of the policemen were like, it, it was it was one side or the other. For certain communities, the black community was like, no, they did this deliberately to destroy the community, and other sides of the police were like, no, we didn't care where we went. We were just trying to raise money to to fight the Sandinistas with the Contra army. So it was just like, it was, it was an interesting take, but at the end of the day, still that the destruction was still wrought in, in, you know, certain communities in Los Angeles because of this. And, you know, not to mention this, this began the whole commercialization of prisons and you talked about it as well. You know, you know, a lot of these prisons have, are traded on the stock exchange, these corrections facilities. And part of their whole bottom line is the prison's got to be full. And with the drug laws being so crazy, talk about that, man, and the, the work you do with and have done with with uh, trying to gain awareness to some of the drug laws, which have changed slowly, but that disparity, if you yeah, will. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was amazing that uh, now marijuana is legal in 20 states, and, and uh, before they were actually putting people in jail for, for marijuana, you know, how sensible, sensible that was, you know, to be putting somebody in prison for a, a plant that grows naturally and and uh and it also has medical benefits. right it had medical benefits that a lot of people didn't know because uh uh scientists wasn't allowed to work with it and and, and figure out its benefits and before uh, uh prohibition started uh um they almost used this plant for almost everything you know from rope to yeah, I think even the first Bibles was wrote on him paper, you know, and, and to find out that they were actually actually locking people up for uh, something that was so uh, useful to uh, to mankind is is, is sensible, sensible. Uh, I think that we're going to find out, you know, later on in life that uh, some of the other drug crimes that we're locking people up for uh, uh, is just as senseless. 
I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you start talking about victimless crimes and then you start going behind the story, like with your story, and that's just one of many stories of folks who got caught up in, in police and government operations. Man, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, you know, people could read your book as well. And um, obviously the documentary, I mean, your story is, is unique, but unfortunately the, 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 the story of government involvement in, in drug operations is kind of uh, pretty well known going back quite a while. What are your thoughts today, my man? 60,000 people a year, which is essentially the Vietnam War every year, are dying from opiates. And essentially what we've come to understand, you know, now it's not, I'm sure uh, cocaine is still a part of the, the international drug trade with governments, et cetera, sanctioning it. But now heroin is everywhere and it's killing people like crazy. What are your thoughts on seriously just the epidemic of, well, of know, people dying, but obviously government involvement in that as well? Well, you know, you look at, at how it got started, you know, with, with these pharmaceutical companies. Uh, encouraging doctors to prescribe uh, opiate uh, uh, pills to, to, to pay. Uh, and then it's no wonder that, that we are in the situation that we're in right now. Uh, um, and, and with our prohibition policy, you know, where it makes it uh, more valuable to, to sell drugs to the market than, than it would be to, to, to sell them uh, uh, legal or to, to somewhere, uh, uh, control it. Uh, it's a perfect setting for uh, uh, for what we have right now. Well, and, and, there's, and I don't think yeah, that, that, that it's the actual drug that's really killing the people. I think it's the cut that they're using, and I, I can't really think of the name of it right uh, now. Fentanyl. Fentanyl uh, is, yeah. Right. Fentanyl Fent is what uh, is really killing everybody, uh, uh, I think, more so than, than actually the heroin. Right. But I mean, yeah, and you're probably right. But I mean, again, the um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Agenda 21 or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, eugenics policies, which basically are just population control, ways to control the population. And I think this is this is I know it sounds crazy, but from a larger standpoint, I think the people who run the world find different ways to get rid of people. And I think back in the day it was, you know, crack and guns and now it's heroin and, you know, wars and and uh, vaccine. I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch of different no ways. About it. <clears throat> and that kind of leads me into kind of more of what you're doing now. Obviously, uh, back just to remind everybody, the book is Freeway Rick Ross, The Untold Autobiography. Go check that out, man. It's a, it's a crazy, yeah. crazy read. So, you, you, like I said, you've been through so yeah, much, man. You, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. If they want to learn anything that uh, could go wrong in America. <laughs> yeah. Among other things, because that's mean, what we I... talk about on this show all the time, man. We talk, we, you know, we've had them former Navy SEALs, former Russian Special Forces talking about the drug trade, the guns trade, trading in people, trading in people's body parts throughout the world. You know what I'm saying? That's why your story is unique, but it's it's just a one aspect of, of a great many that play out like this where, you know, people are oftentimes used like you, you know, get 20-year sentences, Demille Blandone less than that runs a lumber company down in nicaragua oliver north goes runs for senate gets a radio show gets a presidential pardon i mean it's just it, it's just really get the job from the dea <laughs> get the job for dea exactly exactly and a green card and a green <laughs> and card green card. green card before but he got a green card <laughs> It's it's a it's a crazy life you have lived my man and it is you know what was the what was the phrase i'm sorry i wrote it down um uh 
what was the phrase that got you out as you were reading and learned to read? Because obviously people didn't know, man, my man Rick was illiterate for 20 years, learned to read based off of his case and reading a particular life phrase. Sentence without, they gave me a life sentence without the practice of parole. And uh, I found a, a phrase inside of the law book that said uh, continuous criminal spree. Yeah. And what that meant is that uh, that I wasn't a career criminal, uh, but I had been uh, running a continuous criminal spree, meaning that I hadn't been brought to justice and I just continues to commit crime. Um, and those are the words that set me free. Fascinating. There is a I man of people and that, that happens a lot when people get inside and they learn to learn, learn about the law and the nuance of the law. And then they check their case and find certain technicalities, which, which can set them, set them free. Um, like I said, you know, you weren't running a huge criminal. I mean, whatever. Not, it was a technicality, but you know, you used the law, law to your advantage. Um, but it sucks. You know, like I said, well, and, and, go ahead. And, and 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 that's the way it's supposed to be. You, you know, the the the, the, the laws are supposed to protect the innocent. And um, you know, sometimes if, if they're abused, because they're abused by both sides. Now, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Criminals abuse laws, but also prosecutors abuse laws. And, and they charge people a certain way to uh, to get them more time than what they otherwise deserve. And, and if they do, uh, uh, the law is there to protect uh, everybody so that they don't get more time than they're supposed to get. Well, and as we see with these drug laws, I mean, the mandatory minimums for this and that, I mean, it, it's crazy people getting, you know, 10, 15 years for just minimal amounts. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, also, man, I mean, moving into what's kind of also new, somewhat new in your life, the documentary you shot I mean, a couple few years ago. But, you know, obviously your name is, is Freeway Ricky Ross, Rick Ross. And as we all know, the individual who used to be a correctional officer that kind of calls him used that same name. You took him to court and you were trying to get, I believe it was 10 or 15 million dollars uh, for damages and then half of the royalties and then him obviously ceasing, desisting your name, using your name. That wound up getting thrown out because of a technicality, because essentially they said you should have filed it five days before you were released from prison, which is just crazy. But a technicality of statute of limitations um, wound up getting that thrown out. And then you wound up having to pay almost a half million dollars in his court fees, man. How heartbreaking was that? No, they wanted me to pay a million, a million and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. The documentary said something about. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they, they wanted me to pay a million and a half. Uh, uh, the judge actually granted them a million dollars that I owed them. But, uh, what are your thoughts I on taking that L, up. man? That was a big one for you, obviously. I mean, he continues to go on. And, you know, it, I, you know I'd say this. I've... You know, I'm a regular Joe, man. I have a bartending job, and I was talking to some cats last night, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to interview Freeway Rick Ross last night or tomorrow, and they're like, they just didn't know, dude. They're like, the only Rick Ross I know is the Rick Ross, the rapper, and then Freeway, the dude from Bad Boy. Like, nobody, the, the young kids today, and I'm glad you do what you do in the speaking tours, a lot of, some of these young kids, I'm in St. Louis, and some of these young kids just don't know, and, um, you know, it, it it really behooves them to educate themselves on uh, on yourself and your story and that, you know, the fact that Rick Ross, who walks around as the rapper or whatever, was really a correctional guy and didn't make money off drugs, et cetera. You know, basically he was one of the original identity thefts, right? He stole your identity. <laughs> a classic, if nothing else. It's definitely a classic identity theft. You know, if, if, if this was a situation where, he had stole my credit cards and, 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 and bank book, you know, 
I think they definitely locked him up. Uh, but uh, uh, the way the way he stole my name, I guess uh, people don't feel that a name has any value to it. Uh, um, so they allow him to to continue to use it. But you know, if you steal somebody's car, there is no statute of limitation. Well, his story and how he no, there exactly. I mean, it's. In the way he supposedly came about it in football, they called me Big Boss, or he accidentally said Rick Raw. I mean, it, that was such horseshit. You know what I mean? And the fact that the <laughs> the fact that he got out of it on such a technicality of statute of limitations just means he knew he was wrong and just kind of like what you did, used the law in his favor. But I also remember hearing something about that judge had ties to to def to Universal or to the record company or something like that. Are you aware of anything like that? Oh yeah. She she used to uh, she used to be a uh, a lawyer for the company. For, so, you know, they said that there was no way that we would be able to get a lawyer that uh, uh, that didn't have ties to Universal. Universal was such a a big company, uh, uh, and they they used so many lawyers and employed so many lawyers. I guess to rip people off that there's no way that uh, you could get a lawyer that didn't. I mean, you know, have a judge that didn't have ties to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that and then, again, that seems like such a like, horseshit technicality to throw up the stuff. You should have did it five days before. You know, five days ago, you would have had a case. Now, you know that fifteen million. You know, it just it's, yeah. But when, but when, when should somebody not give something stolen back? No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, if you have it yeah. for forty years, you know, if, if somebody had something for forty years that they stole from somebody and they get caught stealing it, uh. I don't care how long they had it. If they had it 200 years and they get caught that they, that they stole it from the person, and if the person can prove that they stole it from them, then it should be returned. And, and it just goes beyond clear common sense that the dude, I mean, from your name to, I mean, granted, you're not, you know, an obese cat like he is, but, you know, the, the beard, the shaved head, I mean, it's just pretty plain and simple. He jacked your whole your whole deal. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is, and unfortunately, you know, whatever. We Sometimes we have to take L's as graciously as we take W's, but... Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do have a couple more questions, man. I want to jump into some of your vegan stuff here in a minute, but I don't know if you've noticed uh, on you know TV and cable. There's a lot of uh, I forget who produces it, but you got the you know who killed Biggie, who killed Tupac, and then you got you know the death row kind of chronicles going on right now. Not a lot of people know that you had a very instrumental role in the beginning of Death Row Records. If you don't mind, if that's you know public information. Talk a little bit about your role in the yeah. in the origins of Death Row Records. Well, me and Harry were friends when uh, Harry O. When Michael Harris is uh, the guy. Harry O. is his name, but Michael Harris, uh, is the gentleman you just referred to. Go ahead, sorry, I'm sorry. Correct, correct. Me and him were Sally's when uh, when when they formed Death Row, and uh, I was sitting at the table with him uh, when him and Shug had their first meeting. So uh, and David Kenner. So I was very very instrumental in. Uh, in uh, uh, what they were doing from a finance standpoint, Re uh, no, I didn't do any financing, uh, I was just sitting in, in the meetings and, oh, okay. and, and in the discussions, uh, pretty much. Okay, uh, you know, I was there when, when Harry came up with the idea for the name, and uh, I was there when he told uh, David Kenner uh, about um, making him more money uh, in the music business than he had ever made. Uh, as a as an attorney, um, and I was there the day that he introduced David Kenner and Harry O to each other. 
And if it, a great documentary I saw on that, I, I think it was it. called Welcome to Death Row. I think it was called, and uh, it's so textbook. And I'm not trying to get myself killed, Suge. I'm, you know, all love to you, brother. But it's just so crazy how textbook Suge turned on Harry O. Once things start blowing up, once he, him, and David Kenner divested themselves from Godfather Entertainment and then created whatever they created LLC, and then tried to get out of basically paying what what you guys really deserved, you know, what he deserved. And I think his wife, Lydia Harris, wound up winning a, a pretty hefty lawsuit, but I don't know if she ever got any of that money. I don't think she did either. Yeah, it, and, you know, it's just funny how people, uh, you can help people and then they don't want to give you your just dues, you know. They, they would rather uh, take it and shrinder all the money uh, uh, on foolishness rather than helping the people who uh, actually uh, gave them the start. And there was plenty of money to go around too, and I mean, and that was without without Harry's financing and and you know obviously the the Solar Records access. I mean, that just wouldn't have happened. So yeah, definitely shook, definitely bit the bit the hand that fed him. <clears throat> but um, he did. He did. So yeah, what do you think and, about you know, those shows now, man? They got those. Sh- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And Shug's a friend of mine. You know, uh, he he's he's in jail right now, fighting for his life. Uh, is he still in jail? I was going to ask you, what's the status of that case? That thing's been going on for a long time. Uh, he's still in jail. Uh, 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 I don't know the actual status. He hasn't went to trial yet, uh, but I hear the case is is, is uh, pretty hefty against him. <clears throat> well, yeah, he was seen on video running over a gentleman on the set or outside of the set of uh, Straight Outta Compton, however many years ago that was. seemed like forever, but um, yeah. It so- was like two years ago. Okay. Yeah, it seems like forever, man. I don't know why it seems like that movie seemed like it was a long time ago. But those shows now, man, the the resurrection of this story once again, you know, it, these, this well-produced series that I forget what channel it's on. You know, uh, you got a couple of them, like we, I said, the Biggie, Biggie and Tupac. So A&E just did one called yeah. The Death of Tupac. Okay. Okay. Which, you know. Yeah, they just did that one. And I, I, I also played in that one. Did you? Um. Yeah. I had a role in that one. Yeah, that's what's up. But I mean, it's it's interesting to see this story coming back out and uh, kind of being a thing again. It is, it is, uh, 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 and they did a pretty good job on on that on that piece. So if if people get a chance, they should go on there and check it out. It, it's a very well done documentary, and I believe that they proved mm-hmm. uh, 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 Tupac. They proved who killed who? Who did they? Do you know? Remember who they said? Uh, I'm gonna let people go on in. Okay. Own, uh, <laughs> no spoilers. I got own, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I think they made a pretty good point uh, uh, on on that. It was produced by Ben Crump uh, for A and E. So if they get a chance, they should go on there and check it out. But I, I think they did a pretty compelling job uh, uh, about who killed Tupac. Yeah, it's a very, very fascinating story. Do I kind of? I'm a conspiracy guy, so I definitely go hard in that one as well as Biggie, because uh, you know it's kind of interesting. There's been no real suspects in you know a couple of the biggest you know murders, at least in the world of hip hop, that you know we've seen. But crazy world we live in. Yeah. Before I let you go, my man, look, watching some of your videos, it was kind of interesting. Even from a few years ago, you talk about you live a vegan lifestyle. You don't really drink. You don't smoke. It's you know you 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 really consider yourself you know very. Uh, very considerate of how you treat the temple and what you put in your body. And I've saw some of your videos, you hanging out with a vegan chef, etc. Tell me about that role of the, you know, your vegan lifestyle plays in your life. If of course you still are a vegan, I'm assuming you are. Um, and you know, I am, I am. I think I'll be, I'll be a vegan for the rest of my life. Uh, I mean, it's just so many reasons why we should be vegans. You know, 
uh, I believe that what we eat is who we are. And um, I attribute a lot of the violence that we're seeing in this country uh, is attributed to how we eat and how we treat other animals. You know, uh, a lot of the animals uh, uh, die uh, uh, a treacherous, you know, uh, you know, have cows standing in line. And the cows, they know when they're about to be killed. Yeah. Uh, they can feel it. And, you know, and that translates through the meat and and and, and, and through us, you know. And, and once I found out that I didn't need to kill anything for me to live, um, then, you know, I let it go. Yeah, that is that is a very uh, that's a very interesting take. And I, I you know, I, I'm not a vegan, but I am I am, I try to be conscious. I try to eat like halal meat or, uh, you know, just as clean as organic as possible. But you're right, man. When when the animals suffer the trauma and you ingest that you on some weird metaphysical level and I can't explain it, you ingest that trauma and that energy. So I, I agree. And Pat would chime in, too. Like we were just talking the other day with the school shootings, these kids diets. The fact that, you know, not only are doctors overprescribing opiates, they're overprescribing these SSRIs, these serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which all these school shooters seem to be on. So um, I, I agree with that, man. Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I think, I'm not, like I said, I'm not necessarily vegan, but I, I try to try to eat as clean as possible because I think that's very important. Well, you know, we all got to start somewhere. So, you know, at, at least you're thinking about it. Uh, uh, you made some steps you know, in, in the right direction, and, and, and that's a start, you know, and, and I think that, if, you know, they said if everybody was vegan, there would be no hunger in the world. Well, I mean, yeah, you still... The amount of land that it takes for us to, uh, to raise a cow on, uh, they could feed hundreds of people on that same cloud of land. Well, yeah, and another thing we talk about on on this show, you know, you know, our food's tainted our water's tainted our, our soil is tainted and our air is tainted so even when eating greens you got to be cognizant of where it was t you know the soil it was in and what was sprayed on it etc cetera, etc cetera. so food is just another one of those odd conspiracies in my humble opinion that um you know there's a reason why you can get so much crap at you know at fast food for nothing and you know avocados are four or five dollars you know what i mean so just something to think about just something to think about but sure, I totally agree, and I hope that uh, other people take the time out to do more research uh, uh, on veganism. Yeah, you know, again, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Mr. Rick Ross, I thank you so much for your time, my friend. Where can we, a little shout-out, where can we track you down, get some of them cool-ass T-shirts? Where can we get the book? Where can we see the, the documentary? <laughs> you can get my T-shirts and the book from uh, uh, FreewayRickyRoss.com. Um uh, I got the book, T-shirts on there, and, and so forth. Uh, the doc's not on there yet, but we, we'll have that out in a couple couple months, uh, so people will be able to buy that on DVD as well. Cool, cool. Again, man, thank you so very much for your time, and I appreciate all you do, man. I'm I'm just I'm happy for you, bro. I mean, it's you could be honestly, you could be sitting in a penitentiary right now doing life, and you're out living life and and trying to to make some changes and make some amends on. On some of your your past ways, my friend. So I I appreciate your hustle, brother, and I appreciate your time. No doubt, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks, and uh, everybody too. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Freeway Ricky, and on Facebook at Freeway Rick Ross. Thank you, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. The real Freeway Rick Ross. Thank you very much for your time, so sir. Continued success, peace, ladies and gentlemen, and stay tuned because there will be more. Take care, guys. <laughs>